Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Thursday night. <clears throat> Let me see if I can do the Tefillah podcast for this week. I'm going to uh, depart a little bit from my regular format, and uh, but with the uh, permission of Mishpachas Stavansky, we're always the sponsor this. I'm going to do a little bit in Tehillim. Not something we say, but since today, October's Machar Chodesh, as I mentioned earlier today, and since that's the story of David and Saul and Nichal and all that, so it reminded me of Psalm 59, Capitol Nuntes, and we have an example of early prayer. Uh, obviously, as the Rambam puts it famously, Originally, davening was whatever came to your mind. Uh, if you were eloquent, you did it one way. If you're not eloquent, you didn't, you, you did, didn't do it that way. No one is more eloquent on record as as David. That's what the, the excuse me. That's what the home is about. A lot of it. <clears throat> and sometimes, in my opinion, <clears throat> when you get these general things, hallelujah, something like cliche, generic. Unless you're in a particular state of mind, it's hard to get into that. <clears throat> but in connection with the Haftorah today and the attempts of Saul to kill David, as I mentioned before, that our Haftorah takes place in the middle of a whole bunch of those. So, in my mind, the most interesting in terms of Davening and the Tehillim are those capitals where David's actually diving his head off because he's scared for his life. So those are ones that are, <coughs> excuse me, historic specific. And usually they're in the 50s. No, and all of them, bays, you know, that kind of thing. A little bit in the 60s and a little bit in the 30s, as I recall. <clears throat> the 50s is the biggie. <clears throat> so if you're interested in Tehillim as a supplement to the book of Shmuel Alphen Bays, which is what it is, in terms of history, you look at the 50s. And it speaks to the Jewish condition at all times and places. There's an old tradition in Kleistral that people say Tehillim. <clears throat> I think that's kind of going out the window these days. I don't see it anymore. Used to have covered tillums and things like that. And, you know, maybe the yeshiva guys used to make fun of that sort of thing. <clears throat> uh, Rabbi Hertzberg wrote an essay long ago in Yiddish, I believe it was, making fun of the people who make fun of Tehillim. Because he himself, he said when he grew up in Galicia, he was a yeshiva guy, <clears throat> and they were learning, and they used to come four in the morning, and the Tillum guys were there, and they were simple Jews, and then they, you know, they didn't know how to learn, but they knew to recite Tillum. They used to think lightly of them, but later on he realized what a fool he was and so forth and so on. <clears throat> My good friend uh, translated into English, uh, David Sykes, who passed away tragically suddenly last year. I have it somewhere. Anyway, I don't have to apologize for the Tillum, but here's early davening, early prayer. And nothing <clears throat> focuses the mind like an immediate danger. That's when you really daven. So, the background is the introduction to today's of Torah, as I mentioned before. You have to listen to that first. And Shaul has formed the opinion firmly that David is Mr. X, the guy who's out to get him. 
when God predicted that the kingdoms being torn away from Shaul, when the son of Lerecha told me, man, give it to somebody else better than you, by the time you get to the middle of Shmuel, King Saul has reached the conclusion, correctly so, that Mr. X is nothing none other than David, who's his son-in-law by this time. So he's really situated in a very dangerous way as Shaul perceives it. He's tight with his Shaul's son, uh, Yonason. He's married to Michal, who loves David. His own family, so to speak, is infiltrated by the David guys. To him, David is a monster, as he sees it. <clears throat> and so what Shaul does is, he says, I've had it, I'm going to say the hit squad, to assassinate David. The hit squad. And these are professionals. And so... If you know what you're doing in the hit squad, you surround the house, you check it out, you case the joint, you watch the guy's movements. <clears throat> At the right moment, if I remember correctly, it's early in the morning, early just before it turns light. But it doesn't matter. They watch you, and then they make their move. If you're the guy in the house they're going after, you're scared out of your mind, you got to change your pants. I mean, it's a scary business. <clears throat> we find that Dovin, this what makes him unique. An inspiration for Dominic. He realizes full well what's going on. <clears throat> the guy's not stupid. He looks out the window. He's a trained warrior. And he sees the same cars passing the block again and again. Or the horse carriage, whatever it is. The same guy <clears throat> is moseying around. He's not stupid. How come I saw this guy walk in front of my house at 4 o'clock? And then I see him walk in my house at 5 o'clock? Then I see him walk in my house at 6 o'clock? He's casing the joint. He's getting ready to make a move. And I see another guy across the street, and another guy in the building opposite me, <coughs> Dovin knows how to put two and two together. And he has no army with him, because he was alone, just with Michal. And so it's going to be several against one. What does one do in that situation? If you're Dovin, you Dovin your head off. And that's the famous 59th Psalm, which is unique <coughs> about Dovin as a character, that when you learn Shmuel out Shmuel Beis, and you wonder about the career of David, every once in a while, <clears throat> you have to coordinate it with the, collate it with what it says until him, and you see what the guy was thinking at a particular moment. And as I said before, <clears throat> he's a human being, but this could apply to any of us. And to call Yisrael in general, <clears throat> the state of Israel in general, because believe me, the state of Israel, you don't need me to make a speech. The Arabs are mamish like this. They're always circling around looking for a chance to bust in. The Iranians, the other jerks, they're always walking around. And it's very appropriate for a person to become familiar with this capital, because in my opinion, it's a good thing to say. It's not form, part of the formal <coughs> uh, liturgy. But so what? We believe that the formal liturgy can, should be augmented by Taylor. Now, I'm not referring to the simple recitation of capital after capital. That's got its uses also. I'm not going to make fun of people like that, just like a verse we did. But I think anyone who's listening to this <clears throat> podcast is intelligent. I'm serious. I'm not being funny. And I want to familiarize you in terms of your own davening, even when you're in a car or something like that, with this. And it says the words openly. It's not me. And I have the good fortune to have in front of me the new art scroll, Manuka, all this business stuff. And it's a Mechaida read. <clears throat> and it's fascinating to see how to <clears throat> Mephorshim play with this. It's 18 verses. It's a lamb that says, Al Tashkis of David, Mechtem Beshloch Shal, Vayishmas Abayis Lamiso. 
Now, I'm going to explain it my way, which is not exactly like the Radak, and not exactly like Rashi. I have my opinion on how it should go, but substantially it's like them. <coughs> now, mind you, the name of this <coughs> is Al Tashches. So this is a plea, don't kill me. So I'm in the house, I'm David, surrounded by these guys who want to kill me, and I'm davening Tashem, and eventually he writes this down as a poem, and it's called Al Tashches. It's a certain tefillah. When King Saul, King Saul <coughs> sent the hit squad, the assassins, which to me clearly means <coughs> that the hit squad is um, casing the house over. They're not guarding the house. The opposite, they're, they're looking for an opening. They're looking <coughs> how to watch the house in order to kill him. And David scared out of his mind naturally. So there's nothing wrong with saying I'm scared. Help me, save me. That's all over here. From my enemies. Raise me up, nose, get me out of this. People are coming against me. Save me from the evildoers. And from the men of blood, save me. Now, I'm not going to be one of these unfortunate says, Why does it say, here's Oceani? You can go that way. That's not for the regular person. You see, he's scared out of his mind. And there's nothing wrong with a person being scared out of his mind. There's nothing wrong, for example, with the Jewish people being scared. There's nothing wrong with the state of Israel being scared. There's what to be scared of. But the thing to do is pray to God. Kini Orvel and Nashi, I'm scared because they have set a trap, O'Rib, with an olive. Yoguru alike Azim. And a bunch of Azim's dick upon people, you know, outrageous people, your guru like Rashi says it his way. Means, no, they're 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 trying to, to make me scared, and they're going after me. Okay, Kini Arvul and Nashi Grazim Lo Pishi Hashem, and you, O Lord, know I didn't do anything wrong, because Saul is out to get me, because you, God, anointed me, you commanded Shmuel Novi to anoint me, so you want me to be the next guy, next king. Saul is trying to kill me, even though I have no intention of killing him which I told you was the truth. And later on, David was able to prove it because there are many situations in which Saul fell into his hands and David did not take advantage of the opportunity to kill him. We all know these stories. <clears throat> if you know the Tanakhim a little bit. And so that proves to you, oh Hashem, that I'm innocent. These guys are trying to bump me off to the murders. Believe of them. Without any sin on my part, your roots and become They're running and getting ready to kill me. <clears throat> so he, this is fantastic. He looks out the window, and if I know David, who was a seasoned warrior, he probably looks through the curtain so he couldn't see him look out the window. <clears throat> and he sees one assassin run across the street, talk to the other guy. A couple guys creep up over here. A couple of guys get near the, the tree near the house. You know how the professionals do it. Ura Lacrosse, wake up, O Lord. In other words, I don't see you doing anything over here. Ura, hey, and check out what they're doing. So basically, I'm just saying, Hey, Hashem, don't you see what's happening to me? Now you say, yes, how can you even think that? Don't Hashem see everything? When it's real, it's real. <clears throat> real davening is you don't be theological. You don't say Hashem knows everything. You say, hey, look, we, you and I, are, isn't to tell him, you and I are supposed to learn <clears throat> how to relate to God in these situations. That's like a breast situation. You just talk. But I told him, now he sees Hashem is not doing anything. By that I mean, 
He checks out, and the assassins are moving here, and they're moving there. They're bringing up reinforcement. They're surrounding the house. And there's no lightning bolt coming down and striking them. They're not just dropping dead in the street like none of an avil. Hashem ain't doing nothing. This is not good. A person can't say, again, theologically, philosophically, oh, I guess you know what you're doing. Call David Rahman al-Tavavid. Uh, what's it, how do you say it? Gamzul uh, Tova. None of that. Dalim doesn't do any of that. He says, What's wrong with you? Wake up, O Lord. You're asleep. Wake up. Don't show favor to all these bad people. Here, the, the Radak, in my opinion, is Gavaldic. The Radak in general is very good in tone. Um, I don't always agree with him, but still. And look what he says. This is a statement. Omar David, when he sees that he's being pursued and he's innocent and the assassins are coming, and David sees Bazdin has broken down. The Bazdin is corrupt. They don't tell Shaul, you're not doing the right thing trying to murder your son-in-law. You're wrong. This is true in your life and my life. You say, I'll go to Basin. You know what I know. This basin is not corrupt. That basin is corrupt. This basin works. That basin doesn't work. What are you supposed to do? And Dove is bothered by that. He can send assassins and the Shoftim don't do anything. And everybody can see, but the courts don't interfere, that there's Chomas and Ovel. <coughs> the King Saul is doing Chomas and Ovel is evil. <laughs> but everybody's scared. This is like today you hear a story. Why didn't the base interfere? Well, the guy was rich. The plaintiff was rich. The defendant was rich. Therefore, they didn't want to, they couldn't mess with him. They couldn't mess with the little guy. David is saying this. In his time, 3,000 years ago. <laughs> I'm reading the Redak. And they kissed up to solve a nose and pun of. All the things that says the Chomish you're not supposed to do, they did. So this is great. We're told, and it's pretty evident, that at the time of David and Shaul, there was no Avodazar. You never hear in the stories of small open base, it's from Avodazar. All the people are quote unquote from. From is a relative term, as we all know. From is a relative term. If by from you mean today, is the guy Shaman Shab is he is from? If you mean is he honest, or does he play fair with Basin? A lot of time the answer is no. And the time of David Melch, long before he was a Melch, long ago. Shaul's a from guy, quote unquote. The Shofti Israel are from guys. They keep all the mitzvahs. No, they don't. Because they're Machnif Lashal and they're Nosen Panov. They flatter him. And you know and I know the number one job of a judge is uh, not to be Nosen Panov. Omar, and David says in despair, this is an amazing redak. When he says, "Oh, keeps the lift, go call them, wake up, O Lord," David says, "Lo eresheiosa dorzakai." I see in this generation, n- 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 there's going to be no justice. I just got to get used to it. The from Jews, and I'm going to ask you the following question: Who's a bigger Talmud Chacham, a Shofin at the time of David Melch, or a big Rabbi today? The biggest. So David says, "Lo eresheiosa dorzakai." I see I'm in the wrong generation. In this generation, nobody's going to be righteous. In other words, I just got to get used to the fact 
that people get away with all kind of bad stuff, and Hashem's not going to intervene. I'd lost a love of, maybe in the future, Mashiach time, she eats of a Kaddish Baruch, his own conservatives at Kesev, Yichal Rishon, when a time will come, will God purify the world and kill the wicked? Cause, but, but that's in the future. Atah, now, Humar Chaf Rishon, God flatters the wicked. He, notice, he lets him get away with it. V'nil ki Yoshim ben Ramasem. And so, Dabi says, I can't help it. Don't tell me I'm blaspheming. The way I feel it, in the Kishkes is, Hashem is asleep at the switch. Now, of course, God is not asleep, but that's what it seems to me. So, in other words, what we get over here is, Nacre and Davening is honest. If this is what you feel, you say it. As long as you're not coming from a chutzpah angle, which he's not, but you come from a real angle, that's what Hashem is interested in. As the Gemara says, you know, So here you have a perfect example. And he goes on in the Pasuk to say, I'll <clears throat> Right? Which means, stop flattering. Stop flattering the wicked as you're doing now. Now, how can somebody say to Hashem, you're flattering the wicked? Is God on the take? I mean, well, it seems that way to him. I know that he knows better than me that Hashem is not unjust and so forth, all that stuff. But that's what it looks like to me, because they're getting ready to kill me and nobody's doing anything to stop it. <clears throat> and then, of course, it becomes wonderfully autobiographical. <clears throat> you know, Erev. Time has passed. This evening, they haven't struck yet. But I see they came back. So notice, maybe they saw David watching them. They drove away. But they came back in the evening time. Yemuka Kelby so weird. Moaning like dogs and walking around the city. Meaning, casing the house. And David can overhear them talking. And he says, when I listen to their mouth, it's swords. Notice they say, we're going to kill him. We're going to do this to him, that, and the other. As the Redak says, David is hiding behind the curtain and listening closely to what they're whispering among themselves. And they didn't know he's listening. And they spoke hard words like about like swords. In other words, they talk about killing him, or maybe they said what a wicked person is, is a Lashahara. And from here we get the idea when it comes to Lashahara, my tongue can be a sword, because I can slit your throat by talking against you, getting everybody against you. But Tashem is complaining. Why do you flatter them? Right? Why do you flatter them? This is not good. Right? This is must be the same way that you don't interfere with all the Goyim because there's so much evil in the world out there. You flatter, no, you allow so much injustice in the world. That must be what's going on over here. And then he says a hard passage, Uzo, which Rashi says, Uzo, the power of my enemy is too strong to me. I can't fight him. I have no choice to, but, to, but to rely on you. Looks like you're asleep. Doesn't matter. And, and it does look to him like God is asleep. Nevertheless, there's no other address. There's no other address. I have to talk to you anyway. Right? It's a powerful uh, capital. 
Elhini Arini Vesoroi, please get me out of here and let me see the end of my enemies. <clears throat> you know, it's a little bit of a denouement. But then we have something interesting. Usually you say like this, you're supposed to be Haftarecha Kamocha, no Nekama, Losikam Balasitar, Vayamecha, boy oh boy, Dava wants him dead. These are Jews he's talking about. Altar game, don't kill him slow. Because if you kill him, I said it wrong, don't kill him fast. Don't make them all just die real fast. Because people forget about it. Take them down slow. I want them to suffer. Okay? Now, this is totally understandable as a human being. Ah, uh, you're not supposed to say to fellow Jew. Sometimes you can. Right? When they're bad, you can hate them. And he hates them like Middle Eastern style. I want a slow death. Right? Chatas pimo dvarsvasemo. It's the sin of their mouth is what's causing all this. Okay? As Rashi says, I mean the Radak, I want them to suffer so bad that people will talk about them. Okay? Now we never saw this, for example, in, um, in World War II. The war was over, a lot of Nazis got away. Some were killed. They got away quick. Nobody was uh, slowly burned at the stake or something like that. And Subit says, that's what I want to see. Kale Bechemo. Kale, I want them all wiped out. This is tough language over here. Right? And again, Kale some the Radak says, Ma'at, Ma'at. I want a slow death. Only then will people say that God runs the world. If you don't see... In life, the bad guys get punished. It's hard to believe in God. Right? Is this the way it is? Whoever your Russia is, if you don't see justice, this person messed over this group and that group and this and that the other, and nothing happens to them, nothing bad happens to them, you can't help saying, where is God? Now, theologically, philosophically, you say, well, I know Shem's taking his time, this and that and the other, whatever the reason is. But David doesn't feel in the Kishkis and doesn't say it. And this was put into into the home by Chazal. I mean, by his time. Be a Shubal Arab here to come again in the evening. Be silver ear. Surrounding the city. Still trying to case the joint. Now, in the end, he escapes because Michal lets down a rope and she puts a dummy in the bed. He's able to escape down the rope. Like in a the movie, they come in and stab the bed and it's a dummy. <laughs> but you don't know this yet. Hema Yunir Lechol and Logis Bellino. They're looking to eat, which means that they're coming to kill me. If they don't eat, they'll go to sleep. Which means, if they don't kill me, you know, it won't, it won't hurt them. Uh, now, the last plus that you have to understand is about the home. A lot of times, at the end, this is all written afterwards, not at the time. Uh, maybe the first part is written at the moment. It sounds like that's what makes it dramatic. But eventually it gets away. When it gets away, that's usually the last plus or two. In these capitals. Now that he escaped, he said, Okay, now I'll praise you all the time, and you are a fortress to me. Because you were my rock and my fortress, and all this kind of stuff. Right? As the Mitsuda says, Once I'm out of this, I'll make a poem out of it, I'll make a tilm out of it. But the main part was the first part that I said before. In which he's scared, and it's highly emotional, and it's real. 
Like I said before, it's real. Don't tell me, oh, you shouldn't say this, or it sounds like this, or whatever. Davening is a real thing. If a person has tainus, he should say it. Not to everybody in the street. Then you're davening, or you talk to Hashem, and it doesn't have, it could be like the, what do you call it, the breast slippers, and you don't have to, you know, daven in mincha time. You can talk to God any time of the day. But you cut the baloney. You understand? You don't get to any of that stuff. You get down what's real. And if a person says, I don't understand, what's, I don't like the way you run the world. I say again, this is between you and Hashem. Because I see this injustice and this thing over here, that's totally fine. Um, I think that it's uh, a very interesting, uh, first of all, it's the background of today's, of Torah, that so makes it fascinating. Right? And second of all, I think it's very instructive in terms of uh, and therefore it's a, a general overarching guide to the approach of davening in general. When the rabbis later on made up the formal liturgy, so they're much more respectful. We have psukhah zimrah, all this kind of stuff. I mean, I get it. But the heart of davening is when a person's really having trouble in life, and who doesn't, at one time or another. And then what's called for is not flattery, but speaking directly and speaking really. Anyway, I just wanted to share that, because I think, as I said before, first of all, people should be familiar with the home. I'm not making a speech. I'm serious. You should be familiar with Tehillim. Not from a friendly perspective. It's just good to know. And second of all, when I say you're familiar with it, and then you use it. So that doesn't mean you have to memorize the whole Tehillim before you do anything. I just called your attention to one of them. Capital Nuntes. There's a lot of other ones. I think it's particularly vivid. It's particularly easy to connect with in later the Haftar today, this week. I think it's highly instructive. It ain't the only one. Perhaps we shall return to other ones in the future. Once again, I want to fa- thank always uh, and with that, I wish everybody a good job. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.com support dot rabbi david